told me that her dad was loaded. I said, in that case, I'll have rum and Coca-Cola. She said, fine. And then, in 30 seconds time, she said, welcome to Crudely Drawn Swords, the actual play podcast of long history, short fuses, and weird secondary characters that we only play for a single scene. I'm your host of one of the players, Ben Moxon, and with me for this third round of Microscope are Pete. Hi, I'm Pete. Uh, you can find me at Masterless Ram on Twitter, where I occasionally talk about tabletop roleplay games. And Gwyn. Uh, hi, I'm Gwyn. I had a delicious cheesecake earlier. It's <laughs> <That was> nice. <laughs> you can find Gwyn wherever cheesecakes are sold. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... For this exploration of history and the consequences of the prophecy that Adam Eagleank and Percival Cleft are composing, along with Ludovic Kreis, the prophet of the Sea Codex, we are using the game Microscope by Ben Robbins to explore the consequences of that prophecy through history. This is going to be our third round of microscope and our final one and so this time round Gwyn will be playing the lens and the first thing that happens as lens is that the lens picks a focus a unifying theme that ties the story together at least until next lens picks a new one the focus can be anything a person a place a thing an institution an event a period a concept anything you want The lens can use something that already came up in play or make something new on the spot. If you're making something new, you'll usually declare the focus, then make a period, event or scene to show what you're talking about. The focus lets you set the direction of the game. Don't hesitate to make up a focus even if you don't have a clear idea why it's interesting. Those details will emerge as you play. And so, fundamentally, Gwyn, you get to decide what it is we're focusing on. What have our previous focuses been by way of giving me a steer? Our first one was how did the prophecy come to be known or recognised? And our second one was what did the prophecy mean to people? Um, Then let's have how has the prophecy been interpreted? Yeah, because I think last time we were talking about yeah, how, how we interpreted it, what schisms or other divisions might have formed in the Dragon Guard and other organisations as people started disagreeing on the content of the prophecy. As Lens Gwyn, you start the round. Mm-hmm. You can create two nested things. So you can create a period, an event, or an event and a scene. Okay, I need to create two. You can create a scene in below one of the existing events, mm-hmm. or you can create a new event and add a scene to it. So as Lens, you get to do two. The rest of us can only do one. Okay. So the first event, let's look at what we've got. So periods we've got... Ike, Arizona, The Plague, The Broken Realm, The Rebuilding, and Rise of the Ice. So let's do one in Rise of the Ice, because I feel like that's probably the most interesting. So I think we will have an event around 
yeah, not just sort of Hector's discovery of the prophecy, but uh, Hector sort of settling on where he thinks it leads. Okay, yeah. So probably an, you know, interpretation, maybe almost like an ideology. Yeah. Arising around the the, the final destination that this prophecy, you know, what he thinks it's going to deliver for, for him. Uh, and his discovery of that, or conclusions. So is this like discovering the prophecy we're sort of looking at a kind of later stage than that aren't we between that and the rise of the corrupted music i think we we know in the law that we've established in the main game that hector and percy worked together yeah they were interested in sort of the antikythera device um yeah and it was at some point after that that hector started sort of going his own way so I think there's probably a point where he decodes yeah. part of the the prophecy um, and or, or at least comes up with a particular interpretation which he adopts. Yeah, that sounds cool. But it's probably actually very, very, very recent. So this, this might even be after they're driven back behind the southern lights. Yeah. And so what, what's the scene that you're envisaging within that? So I think it is, the scene is, I, I like the idea that the prophecy that he's discovered has, up until that point, looks like sort of ramblings. Yeah. Um, and that something has unlocked a coherent interpretation that he's adopted uh, and um, and latched onto. And if we're saying that they've gone beyond the yeah. the lights, then... Maybe the thing that unlocks it is like a, a a mad prophet interpreting it on his behalf. Yeah, that he sort of seeks out, makes contact with. Maybe it's even this dude that's got the book. Yeah, that we're talking to. But you know, something uh, along those lines. So the prophecy is decoded by the mad prophet. It's going to be the oh, okay, yeah, the scene, the wizened old hermit. You know, call him a mad prophet. Call him enlightened. <laughs> some, some some weirdo. <laughs> yeah. So so perhaps the question for the scene is like, oh, it's got to be a question, is it? The scene. So state the question, set the stage, choose the characters and reveal thoughts, then play the scene. So the scene would be something like, what did the mad prophet reveal to Hector? Yeah. Cool. Okay. So I think it's pretty clear that we've got Hector in this one. Mm-hmm. Who else do we want to have? We've got this prophet, I guess. Yeah, the mad prophet's going to be in there. Are you looking up prophet names now? Am I ever looking up <laughs> prophet names? Uh, does Hector have any, like, lieutenants or right-hand people? Definitely. What's a good name for Hector's lieutenant? <laughs> Sorry, I have, I have got a light name generator up. And it's mostly given me names which are regular names, but with one letter slightly <laughs> different. <laughs> Grances and Fraffin and Grobert. <laughs> Grobert. Grobert Fraffin, <laughs> Chancellor at Arms. So I'm, I'm going to play the prophet because I probably have a lot of this lore in my head and I'm confident about winging oh, it. Thank you. If that works okay. <laughs> Her name is going to be Jadmire. I feel like I gave Gwyn a bit of a hard time last time he played Hector, so 
I want to try and support him a bit. <laughs> Listen, this is a podcast about giving Hector a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of kind of a whole deal. <laughs> I don't have to play Hector. He could play Hector. Yeah, you could play Hector. <laughs> I'll be You're the, the only person here who hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Wind, my only friend. <laughs> Here comes rain too. <laughs> you're quite popular. <laughs> A man for all seasons. <laughs> I, I what if you're like the person who brought this prophet to Hector, almost like a kind of showman. Uh, would they would... It could be the spirits that the prophet consults? Oh well, <laughs> <laughs> prophet, I am your god. Oh, oh no! Uh, so, like an ice priest that that has brought this prophet to? It could be an ice priest. It could be someone who had heard that Hector was looking for mystical talents, <laughs> and it's like, where's the reward <laughs> for bringing this? Uh, look, check this wicked priest I found. Oh, God. We've done fortune telling across the fairs of the world, you know. <laughs> Jabmire always gets it right. I mean, that's suitably daft, so let's go with that. We need a name for this skilled person. It's got to be Grancis Fraffin, really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so final step reveal thoughts. Each player states one thing their character is thinking about the upcoming scene. Start to the right of the player making the scene. So, what is Grancis Fraffin? What does Grant's Fraffin look like? I kind of want to make him an ice priest. So, okay, cool. Uh, but he's not—he's not one of the hardcore. I think he's like, yeah uh, a kind of weaselly man, um, a tiny little pencil moustache, um, <laughs> like greasy hair, <laughs> just a a real rat of a man. <laughs> 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 like Jeremy Hunt squared. <laughs> Jadmire is quite respectably dressed. She's actually quite well dressed, but she has very wide eyes and somewhat bird's nest hair. It's like she's put all the effort into her clothes and none into her own appearance. So what's Grant's thinking? Uh, Grant's thinking is this is this is his big opportunity to to get in with the head honchos. Jedmire is thinking, I wonder if a cow would be able to use a fork. <laughs> Can a horse fire What's a bow? <laughs> <laughs> Does it have not enough hands or too many? <laughs> What's Hector thinking? Hector is thinking that he's got all these sort of fragments of assembled prophecy that he's sort of plucked out of forbidden bits of libraries and sections that he's decoded and none of it sort of makes an awful lot of sense he's been promised that um this jadmire um is um is an oracle of sorts that might be able to to help it out but he's kind of curious as to um how jadmire might even be aware that the prophecy exists because as far as he's aware then it's a very, very sort of select group of people that that is even aware that this thing um, is worth looking at at all. Never mind that it might be uh, important to um, to something. Um, 
as they go on. So he's a bit curious as to whether this is just going to be the ramblings of a, uh, a madwoman um, or whether it is actually going to be revelatory uh, in some way. Um, and uh, he's quite curious about whether he's just being conned by this shady ice priest. <laughs> Maybe his shadiest follower. Yeah. But nothing is really sort of making sense. He's got a lot of information and he just can't put it together. So the fact that um, a few little things um, have been sort of dropped into the conversation that suggests that this is a little bit more than uh, uh, than just some rando um, has sort of piqued his interest and it's, it's worth pursuing that lead because this is, after all, fairly ancient knowledge and... Uh, it is pretty fragmented, and uh, so who knows um, where it might have gone to in the past. Yeah, okay. So I think, are we liking Hector's study? I think he's probably travelled, been led to Jadmir, like, somewhere. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, it was a, a sort of classic sort of hermit sort of situation going on. Maybe back up the glacier or something. Yeah, or, or like Grancis's little village and... There's like this weird kind of ice cave there dug into the front of the ice. Yeah, but it then, might, maybe even somewhere that's that was once sacred to a little outpost of the Dragon Guard, but has since been abandoned. But it's got that sort of connection. Yeah, hmm, that's interesting. To something a little bit bigger, and and that's what Jadmir sort of tapped into. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's like there's a tunnel carved through the ice. And it's through like blue ice and then into this small stone building that obviously predates the ice. Has kind of been buried by encroaching snow. So I think Grancis is kind of leading Hector down to this place where Jabmail waits. So uh, what do you say? Yeah, we're going to, you're not going to regret this. I tell you, 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 you've really made the right decision coming here. Yeah, that's um, that, that's that's great, Grancis. Um, was it, what what is it you do again? Oh, I'm uh, one of the lesser ice priests, uh, you know. And how do you know about this place? <laughs> I used to know someone a bit like you. They give me quite a hard time, you see. So I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's my it's my duty to uh, know about the places in my uh, in my area, my parish, you know. Like, uh, I know about the island over there that's got the glaciers, and I know about this place, because they say it's sacred, so uh, that's what I've been trying to work out. Okay, well, that, that, that's good. And the the person that we're coming down here to, to see, have you spoken to them yourself at any point? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, they, they're definitely uh, legit. And they're, they're legit? Yeah, yeah, what? they're on the level. Honestly, you won't okay. regret this. Uh, all right, well, you know, we'll, we'll give it a crack. Oh, look, here she is. Hello, Grancis. Whom have you brought upon with you, whereupon? Uh, Do you know the elves? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe, maybe. The elves, I will have perhaps known once them. Upon the long times. I see. Um, so, uh, my name is is Hector. Uh, and I'm told that you're a, a wizened soul that can offer some insight. Less of the wizened, please. My skincare regime is extremely careful. Meticulous, oh, I, you might say. I do apologise, uh, my lady. 
Very welcome, Hector. Your name has a sufficiency of corners. I can answer many questions and see all that will be. Not, alas, consistently, but enough. Enough to know. Um, are you familiar um, with prophecies? Are you familiar with something that has in the past been known as the Sea Codex? Does this mean anything to you? One day, Ramashur's man will be seeking it. Oh, great. Right. It's one of these. <laughs> Let me get you a cheer, boys. <laughs> Thank you. Um, if you could take some notes from me, perhaps uh, I'll, um, I'll throw you some coin. Oh, that sounds good. Sounds great. All right, so who Ram- Ramesh? Ramashur. Ramashur. I'm not sure. I believe so, though. Well, just just get as much of this as you can, you know. Just stick it in. So oh, it's hard to thaw this ink. Uh, have you got any uh, light? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm trying to with the quill. It it's hard in the cold. Uh, just, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll just um, blow on it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, just, just suck it or something. Just suck it. I'll, I'll rub it between my hands. Don't worry. You 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 carry on. I mean, wh- you carry on. Honestly, whatever you want, really. Um. <laughs> I was, I was planning to just chuck you a few coins to to make some notes. However you want to warm it up, you know, I'll I'll I'll, I'll leave that with you. So the the C codex then. Um, perhaps if I explain sort of briefly what I've been looking at so far, I have fragments um, of a a prophecy that seems to spell out a particular path. Um, and to date, I've been trying to decode it and um, establish what it means and whether it's the kind of thing that um, could be followed, should be followed. I think that I've got as far as um, establishing some of the the major steps in um, in what I need to do to set along this path, but I have as yet been unable to determine where the path leads, uh, if you like. Um, if I can present to you some of these, uh, some of these notes that have been, um, well, I'm keeping them for, for safekeeping for the moment. Uh, some of them are originals, uh, some of the fragments that they, they might be interesting to you. Uh, you're happy to, uh, I'm happy for you to look at them as, as long as I'm in my presence. Um, and then, uh, there's some further notes here on my, um, analysis of uh, a machine that I think is linked to it, but you find up in, uh, Abu Shah. I believe that the two... Are tied to one another. The uh, the machine seems to be counting down um, towards the um, like in time with the the journey that this path um, that's described in the prophecy sort of sets out. Uh, and there's you can track track them a- across. So there seems to be some conjunctions and uh, and major events that match. Oh yes, what oh, is yes. Said six in this. and one, six and one, one and six. Uh, so what? What I'm interested in is any further, any further thoughts, uh, any insight you might have um, on this prophecy, where it might be held, what it might be related to, and importantly, where it leads. Is this something that you're able to help with? All prophecies are one prophecy. Time leads to points that may not be avoided, but they must be shaped. We shape history, history 
shapes us. The circle, it makes a circle, you see. History has no corners, only circles. Have you thought of this codex? This codex you write. You are a knight, sir. You bear the sword. You bear the... You bear the will of the cold. You have been through cold places and go further. You have a shield, do you not? Mm-hmm. Pass me those notes. And she, like, starts taking, like, taking bits of paper and carve, looking through them and mumbling to herself and saying things like, bad handwriting, wrong colour, I don't like the shape of this one. And she looks up and she says, You have carried a shield. You must be a shield. You must bear a shield. I have carried a shield or I will carry a shield? You will be a shield. Will be a shield? Okay. The fire will come and you will be a shield. Hmm, I see. Fire will come. Shields will be needed. The Codex, the Codex is about this. Hmm, okay. The deep will rise. The red sails will gild the horizon. All these things are known. Hmm. Your copy of the Codex doesn't mention them. There's another copy of the Codex? Hmm. Perhaps not. No, I do not think there is. Perhaps those are conjectures. Forgive me, but... The shield, the dragons. The Codex is of, of the dragons. Dragons? What are the dragons? Ah. Yes, of course. Where would I find information on the dragons? Where could I go next? Where could you go next? Should the dragons be... Um, should they be destroyed or should their power be brought to bear? How do they link to the fire? The fire takes draconic form as well. The fire rides the sky. The fire is everywhere. Like any flame uncontrolled, it will not stop until it is stopped. The flame is abroad. And to control the fire, we need, what, the ice? The fire must be stopped, and that will be everyone's task. But the ice is a great power. The ice has great reach. The ice has great strength. Hmm, okay. Where does this prophecy have me going next? The prophecy has you wait and send pathways until the last call is made. A call is made. The shield is needed. Find a way to get north when you are needed. Hmm, okay. I can get working on that for you, boss. I, you know, I'm your man. I could get on that. Yeah, that, um, do you know what? That would be useful. Did you get all this? Uh, yeah. Okay. He has a lot of ink on his hands from rubbing the quill so much, <laughs> though. I fear he will smudge much of the... Hmm. And his handwriting is frightful untidy. It's legible to me, okay? And then I can interpret. Okay, excellent. Um, that's that's been very useful. Thank you, Jadmir. Um, I'm I'm glad that I uh, I paid the visit, and uh, I will uh, I will bid my farewell for the moment. Indeed, indeed. I fear we may not meet again, Dragon Guard. Well, we'll see. You will play your role. Well, thank you, thank you. All right, come on then, Grancis. Let's um, let's head back out. Yes, boys. And uh, myself and Grancis will uh, head back out through the tunnel. Grancis, are you interested in um, a little gainful employment? Oh yes, boys. You see, it's. Uh, I think there's a lot to be done. We've got a lot to do. 
on this prophecy. Yeah, you that's know? what I'm seeing. Um, I've got some things that I need to get done, and I'm pretty clear on that. That's been quite useful and insightful. Um, I have my doubts about Jadmir, but I think she is a useful asset. How many of your priests are stationed here? It's just me and one other. Okay. I will make it very worth your while if you go out and spread the good word. If you're able to find out some information on what they, what she's talking about on dragons, uh, that would be useful. I think Jadmir herself would be quite useful. If you can put together a team of trusted individuals, then there'll be a place for you in the south. And once that's established, then come back up here, and I think we will take Jadmir and see what other bits of information we can get out. Right, you are. She seems to be connected. Seems to be connected in some way. If this is, as she says, the the fate of the world, then needs must, you know? Yep, we gotta stop that fire, and ice is the best weapon to do that. Well, information's the best weapon to do that, and Jadney is the one that seems to have it, so uh, we'll be bringing her into protective custody, uh, and <laughs> finding out exactly what she's got to say about everything. Hello, dress it up, make it make it worth a while, make it seem like a um, not a prison, but uh, we can sort of shower her with uh, whatever riches she wants. But uh, it will be, it won't be something that she has an awful lot of choice in. <laughs> do you reckon you can do something like that? Uh, oh yeah, of course, I can get that done for you. I could tell by the accent you were the kind of person that would do that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't, You glance back down the tunnel and you can just see Jabmir sat at her table with her little teacup, pouring ink into it and then drinking it. <laughs> okay, I think that's a pretty good scene anyway. The Prophet's given Hector a mixed bag of things that may or may not be useful. <laughs> and so who's next on the circle? I think it's you, Pete. So you can create an event or a scene. An event or a scene. Yeah, so you could do one or the other, but a scene can only go below an existing event. Yeah, I'd mean, quite like to do something with the Dragon Guard. We, I don't think we've seen enough of them yeah. yet. Because I think we discussed like a kind of whether or not they would try and defend the dragons or not. Yeah, whether they'd try and defend all of them. We could do a scene of the Dragon Guard trying to protect Kelek. Do you want, that if, that was what I was thinking about. Like, could we do a scene where the yeah the Dragon Guard are protecting one of the dragons, trying to protect one of the dragons? Because we've got these others that are way over in the east that we haven't even seen, mm-hmm. so we don't know what's going on there. Uh, yeah, do you fancy that? Yeah, I think so. Besieged Dragon Guard. So what what is the scene going to be here? Uh, so I've got to think of a question, is that right? Yeah, the question. Why will this battle go down as a Pyrrhic victory? So wh- who do you think we're protecting? Is this somewhere far in the east? I mean, that would be easiest, wouldn't it, if we had a, just a blank, you know, blank canvas to paint on? Yeah, um, so you have a blank canvas. So it could well be like Ramzumak. Ramzomak. On the far eastern cheek of the great cat. <laughs> East cheek. Sounds good. Okay. Who's going to be here? We we haven't really had this area, but I'm feeling like 
is actually quite a strict part of the world. They're called the Iconic Kingdoms, and it's very hard right justice before all right. kind of attitude. So it might have some cool knights here, or like, like the Dragon Guard defenders are probably going to be people who think that they have prepared themselves sufficiently to fend off a dragon. And maybe here they're more overt because we're literally thousands of miles away. Mm-hmm. So it's not this isn't a dwarf hold, or it could be, and this could be uh, a dwarven defense. Absolutely, I want to be an alchemist. Okay, cool. Do you have a name? Schmalchemist. <laughs> Malcolm. Malcolm. Malchemist. <laughs> I'm going to be called Dude Monsoon. <laughs> 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 that's an amazing name. So that's how people are named over here, is it? All <laughs> <Little> bros. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be playing Gannet Tarpaulin. <laughs> Gannet Tarpaulin. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to be called Rip Curl. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, rip curl longshore (laughs) (laughs) ripper longshore classic ripper longshore rip longshore is a great name rip longshore yeah genius sort of uh, that's shaped the scene i think uh, those three names (laughs) (laughs) yes yes it has so Dude Monsoon is a alchemist. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he is, yeah. Dude Monsoon, alchemist. I think Gannet Tarpaulin is like a artillerist. What's Rip Longshore? <laughs> <laughs> well, so in this part of the world, they've I'm sorry, Ben. In this part of the world, like they have like uh, kind of a martial art that's to do with surfboards, so it's kind of like <laughs> surfboard kata, like where you can hit people with a big surfboard and yeah, like wave kata. Yeah, yeah. I guess this chapter of the the Dragon Guard went fairly hard into the fraternity aspect of the. Uh, yeah. they, they really did. They really, if anything, <laughs> they've probably kept closer to the spirit. <laughs> I wonder if their names have changed a little as well. So they're like, like these are the Dragoon Guard or something. Yeah. <laughs> Rip Longshore, Surf, Romancer. Uh, yeah, so he's like a master of that martial art. Surf, yeah. Fu, or... I mean, it's yeah. So uh, way. Yeah, I'm, I can only apologise, Ben, but it's what came to my brain. So. <laughs> well, I to be fair, he's called Rip Longshore. What we expect then? <laughs> I I can kind of see this as actually being used like a massive shield. Yeah. As well, because I feel like maybe we're looking at a scene where people know where the Drake is going to aim for. And they've literally fortified that location with all the anti-dragon weaponry they can derive. 
So they've like been constructing big X-shaped crossbows that are like pointed up at the sky in every direction and kind of chains and nets and all these kind of things. And then you've got like the surf shield down at the front, the longshore drift down at the front. <laughs> That's like my special move. Like I invented that move. <laughs> the longshore long drift. drift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the shoreman <laughs> at the front. I guess Dude Monsoon is like putting together like all these concoctions that are going to be launched from these dragon bows. Oh, I know what Dude Monsoon's doing. I know what he's up to. So, do we begin the scene as the Drake is approaching in the distance, do we think? Sure. Okay, we'll start from there and let's have a thought from everyone. Organic Torpaulin is thinking. Dude. <laughs> what is Dude Monsoon thinking? <laughs> dude Monsoon <laughs> is thinking, Dude. <laughs> What's Rip Longshaw thinking? Uh, Rip Longshaw is thinking, Dude. <laughs> <laughs> of course, this is the way it went. <laughs> how how else could it possibly have gone? <laughs> it's a comedy podcast, Ben. <laughs> Someone mentions Dude Monsoon. There was only one way this was going to go. <laughs> I guess this is a dark scene, although the names suggest otherwise. Uh, but also it is a Pyrrhic victory. Okay, so the scene begins. Maybe it's late evening and you see this kind of spark on the horizon, on the western horizon. I think people are probably sort of lined up waiting to, well, the alarms have been sort of sounded um, and people have just sort of met before they rush off to their posts to do whatever they're going to do. Yeah. The, yeah. the mayor of the town is saying that, you know, it's okay to go back in the water. There's no dragon. <laughs> so, dudes. Dude. Yes, my dude. What? What you need to do, my dude, is take this lotion, spray it all over yourself like the sun is high in the sky. And when you're fighting, then, <laughs> not gonna lie, that dragon is gonna be a little bit roasty on the old skin. <laughs> but this will at least keep it intact. Uh, you won't look your best, but come find me, come find me. And uh, I'll reapply your lotion, and then you can keep on fighting. I reckon we've got, what, two days worth of this stuff, so it's going to be pretty painful, not going to lie. <laughs> Dude, that's more lotion than the ocean. <laughs> Sweet. I'm going to put the lotion on my skin. All right, all right. Yeah, let me help you. Oh, yeah, dude, slather that. Slather that sweet lotion. It's a bit cold. Um, yeah, you know, it's icy lotion. Yeah, I, I guess I hadn't thought of that. I should have uh, worn my wetty. But that's not really rated for dragon fire, so I thought, dude, maybe not risk it this time. Dude. You could rip. You gonna hold him back? Yeah, that's the plan. We're gonna... I don't, don't know what accent. Don't know what accent I'm don't doing. Know what yeah. these accents are, <laughs> dude, 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 dude. 
sweet. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm gonna. We're gonna take out. We're gonna go out into the water because that's like where the dragon's gonna be all fiery and the water's gonna neutralize him. So we need to lure him out that way. Give me some of that lotion. Yeah, but also this lotion, hundred percent waterproof. Hundred percent, you say? Sweet. That's wild. That's radical. <laughs> so, here's the plan. We've got the, we've got the bows. Bows are going to shoot up, entangle, entangle it. It's going to come straight down into the ocean. All yours. You're going to take him down. That's right. We're going to do this, my bros. You're going to drift him to the bottom of the sea. That's right. Send him right down. So. Oh, here he comes. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking, I, I like the idea of like doing the fifth bump and get, getting up to their different stations. I think these bows do launch these kind of huge chain shots. I think you have like two bows that are on a single firing mechanism and like throw like a massive chain shot. Cool. And you do have a bunch of those that kind of maybe, because this says a Pyrrhic victory. Yeah. So... It is enough to hold off the drake this time. So I think maybe it does get entangled. That comes in. Basically, there's a streak of dragon fire. A lot of people get very, very much too hot. But fortunately, thanks to the lotion, <laughs> not completely scorched to death. Yeah, I'm thinking basically the, the lotion enables them to, to keep on fighting, albeit with melted skin maybe it sort of numbs the pain and just holds <laughs> great <laughs> that, 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 that would contribute so, to a pyrrhic victory wouldn't it yeah so yeah. you've just got you've basically just got a legion of sort of melted blows <laughs> like in this dragon and like ultimately the dragon comes in and they they light the beacon which is like a massive doobie in the middle of town <laughs> um, which uh, well, i would love if some of these guys turn up later on <laughs> when we're at arashar that would make my day <laughs> so I think you do have this like the drake catches these chains somersaults into the sea so how does Rip's longshore drift work on a dragon if at all uh, so I think they've got like uh, so they've got like a, like surfboards but they've also got yeah. like uh, sort of um a kind of oar, but it also doubles as like a harpoon type spear, like a paddleboard situation. <laughs> yeah, 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 like a yeah. like a paddleboard of doom. That's much more sensible than sharpening the surfboard, which could go wrong in so it's many right. ways. <laughs> well, it was a kind of like I mean, they've trained their lives for this, so yeah, know. yeah. Well, you can use the surfboard like a big anime sword as well. Like there's a way of doing <laughs> that, which some of the dudes do. Yeah, not the long borders though. Those are like the short boards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like we we call them the body board guard or uh, yeah. <laughs> the body guard. <laughs> the board. <laughs> they're also a bit lewd. Um, <laughs> I'll be your bodyguard. <laughs> I don't want a bodyguard. Just one of body <laughs> Too late, I'm taking my trousers off. <laughs> I'm being played by Stuart. <laughs> uh, yeah, Stuart would play one of these. Uh, 
Okay, yeah, um, I know, like, yeah, I like the idea that, like, the chain shot, like, kind of brings the dragon down, and as it's, like, kind of, you know, fighting its way up the beach, the, the longshoremen are able to, to slow its, def- its advance, at least. Yeah. Uh, hit it with some big surfboards and harpoons. <laughs> hit it with some big ears. <laughs> yeah. uh, the sequence is a lot cooler in my brain. <laughs> Stun it with some radical moves. <laughs> After a while, the Drake stops trying to climb up the beach and just watches them pull some rad tricks. Like you know, so like it's like you know, fighting its way through the surf, and like you get some some surfboarders coming down and like like really smack it across the face with a board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And it doesn't like that. It probably bites some of them in half. Oh, for sure. Because I mean, there are dangers involved in uh, being a rad surf combatant. I mean, why has nobody made dragon. this film? It's brilliant. <laughs> it's inexplicable. <laughs> this is like this is like the ideal this is like Rain of Fire crossed with Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> crossed with point break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's the best best of both worlds. So how was it a Pyrrhic victory? I think partly because in the end, the drake circles away and is turned back. But I think also a lot of the Dragoon Guards have been fatally burnt, but only fighting on because of the lotion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a a victory in so much as they they know that they're going to lose. And so the objective... Um, always yeah. was to slow the Drake down as far to as possible. slow it down, yeah. So it's actually um, it's slowed down for a, quite a long time. Yeah, and once that objective is achieved, maybe even for a few of them to try to sort of escape intact. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tragic, but like, was the whole battle just buying time? Yeah, I think it's a sort of three hundred Spartan sort of deal, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, 300 surf spots. 300 surf spots. <laughs> That's the, that is the, the tagline for this film. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. The mopper lie, the mopper die. <laughs> <laughs> okay, rad. Yeah, all right. I love these uh, himbos, and I'm sorry that they all died in the battle. <laughs> Not all of them died. Some of them might... Might have survived. Someone might have survived. Yeah, and so maybe after two days of constant battle, after they're finally pushed back, you see one of our heroes, maybe Dude Monsoon. Taking a massive toke on a bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Just just like completely coated in this lotion. So it's like three inches thick on his body like armour making his way away on a paddleboard to the north. It's just the, like, burnt beach, like, burnt fortifications behind him. Yeah, yeah. just this huge pillar of smoke. And as he leaves behind him, you see the drake rise from the ground. And then behind it, you see the ground start rising up out of the earth and the sea starting to form a slope. And it actually produces some pretty sweet waves. <laughs> there we have it. I think that was not what I expected, but I like it. <laughs> Is that what you wanted, Ben? 
this episode. It's, it's what I got. It's what I got. I'd like to do an event around the false prophecy. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'd like to do a scene around that, which is back in the plague period. A true prophecy has been lost, but is known to exist. People are making assumptions and trying to bring about what they suppose the prophecy was. So inevitably, this is going to be, who are we persecuting in the name of the prophecy, right? (laughs) (laughs) Sure, surely. (laughs) The question is, how did the grey book find its way into willing hands? And so, I don't know if you remember, there were two books that, uh, that Hector had. One was the C Codex and the other was the Grey Book. And the Grey Book is being delivered to someone with a very specific agenda. So I'm going to play the person who's delivering this prophecy, who is a priest by the name of Aquarius Horn. Mm-hmm. If I may briefly reveal the treachery. Mm-hmm. So who who are these uh, who's willing to pick up this? In this time of plague and tumult. Do we know who it's being delivered to? Or is that what we're assigning now? This is all completely unknown. And what do we know about the Grey Book other than Hector has it? Literally nothing. Nothing. Just that he's got an, a thing called the Grey Book. Okay. There is a thing called the Grey Book. That's the only thing we've had on screen so far. I have an idea that there is a completely different unrelated prophecy about an entirely different existential threat to the world <laughs> that is being propagated by someone who has been watching and learning the techniques of getting a prophecy into the past. I see. Okay. <laughs> so we need some kind of people who are receptive or who are seeking this prophecy before it will be found. Just trying to think of something interesting that we haven't done. I doubt there's anything interesting we haven't (laughs) done. No, we've done uh, Surf Night. (laughs) Protecting. (laughs) Like, I I think I've now seen it all. Yeah, I think if I'm remembered for anything on this podcast... (laughs) (laughs) I think that he might be handing it off to somebody that feels there is some benefit in existing in a constructed reality, maybe some sort of illusionist. Oh, yeah. If the person that's doing the learning is like who I think it is, then I can see how, you know, that that might sort of fit, you know, glamours and yeah. which like might might be attractive in times of peril to people that have dabbled in uh, illusionary things. <laughs> Put them in a good position. So I think yeah. I'm going to be Didi Dada. Wow, Didi, this is like centuries ago, so he's old. <laughs> yeah, nice. I like. Oh, it. Oh, this this is a long time ago, is it? This this is during the plague. Oh, I thought we were playing the bit where Aquarius Horn was handing it off to somebody. He's created it. He's doing the same thing you are in the distant past. Oh, I see. Okay, in that case, no, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense, does it? Uh, I will play an addition. I'll, I'll play a different illusionist <laughs> in the past. Yes, <laughs> da da did he? Da dee day did he? Yeah, again, this could almost be like a travelling showman type thing. We're quite fond of like snake oil salesmen on this podcast, aren't we? <laughs> I, I love me a good snake oh. oil sal- salesman. 
Uh, Roscoe the Magnificent, best it will be. <laughs> Something more productive, like Roscoe. What about you, Pete? What are you inclined towards? Uh, what? <laughs> Allow me to suggest some uh, mad scientist names. God. Dr. Bones. <laughs> Dr. Livid. <laughs> <laughs> Prof Iteral. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Hoops is a good name. I like that. Doctor Hoops is great on multiple levels. Doctor Outcome is also very good. Uh, well, in the spirit of playing, continuing to play strange support characters, does maybe Roscoe <laughs> the Magnificent has like a familiar or? Something like a cat. A beautiful or, assistant. Or a beautiful assistant. <laughs> <laughs> called uh... Okay, that's that's very good. You can be Hoops the Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Froth. <laughs> don't don't ask too closely. Doctor Thrill sounds exciting. It's pretty good. What sort of character do you want to play? What's your role in this uh in this clown show. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of need a bit, like, what's what's the situation, I guess? Like, mm. I, th- I think Roscoe the Magnificent is probably trying to summon a dark power and commune with evil. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea, yeah. That is <laughs> a tremendous idea. Bringing Aquarius idea. horn turns up in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, that that's fun. So who would be assisting in that? I like the idea of R- Roscoe the Magnificent's like goth niece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe like the the person that is actually something of an occultist and has studied it all and Roscoe the Magnificent is just some kind of showboater that uh, is taking his cues from uh, yeah, the person that's um, that's researched the the rituals and the the incantations and all that. No, that that's quite good. Yeah, kind of a Inspector Gadget Penny situation. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of name do you want, Professor Bones? <laughs> <laughs> Cornelia Graves. Cornelia Graves is a good name. Okay, let's go with that. <laughs> Okay, so you have Cornelia Graves and Roscoe the Magnificent. I have a feeling Roscoe the Magnificent, I like the idea that he's definitely a charlatan, but he does have real power. He just doesn't really believe it. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of place are we in? Probably a spooky clearing in the woods. Yeah, spooky clearing in the woods. Classic Scooby-Doo shit. (laughs) (laughs) Are we doing this on, on behalf of someone? Has someone asked us to do this? So I, I think probably, because this is off the back of the false prophecy, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, and the event there is that, that the true prophecy has been lost, but we, we know that it exists. So yeah. um, we're probably trying to petition a, a, a spirit uh, or a greater entity to deliver the, the true prophecy to us. Yeah, um, or, or like um, give or its location towards or where something. we can get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're we're trying to manifest some kind of um, other thing or entity to commune with and make a deal with. Um, and I feel like, what's your character's name again, Pete? Cornelia Graves. Cornelia Graves. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Cornelia Graves has probably um, put together the necessary wording and the right sort of incantations and stuff like that to mm. enable a bit of that to happen. And then Roscoe the Magnificent is just kind of riffing around that and, you know, not necessarily expecting anything to happen, but <laughs> <laughs> mostly is just showing off. Yeah, and maybe like practicing for a new routine. If if this is sufficiently convincing, it's trying out test running some new material. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that that sounds pretty good. So a thought, Gwyn, what's Roscoe thinking? Roscoe is thinking that he's gonna ace this. <laughs> this is gonna look bad ass. Um, and you know if uh, if old Graves has uh, has done it right, maybe we could even make a little deal to. Uh... <laughs> To ensure this sort of thing looks even better in future. Nice. Some real effects budget potential here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what, what's Cornelia thinking? Uh, Cornelia thinks Roscoe's really hot, but uh, <laughs> if only he'd like, take himself seriously rather than this persona that he's got on. <laughs> <laughs> Aquarius is thinking... How the bloody hell do I get out of this realm and actually get to where I need to be? And then in this spooky clearing, I see it's like some kind of circle mapped out on the ground. Yeah, I think there's like a little circle that um, Roscoe is performing a ritual around. So he, he's wandering around going, Spirits, release yourselves unto this place. Um, come bring your motions to us and manifest into matter before my eyes. Rise up in smoke, fall down to earth and sink into the foundations that we have laid out for you. Uh, we call upon you, deliver the prophecy, tell us uh, where it is or, or deliver the, the word that has since been lost to the ravages of time. I call upon you now, spirits. Come to us. And there's like a flash of flame. And through it, this face appears and goes, I am your god. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, I am a spirit willing and ready and able to help you, I suppose. And who might you be? I throw some dirt in his eyes. Spirit, I bind you! Oh, oh, I bind oh, you to oh, my will! <laughs> all right, all right, what do you want? What do you need? Uh, did, did you not hear the call of the ritual? Oh, I heard I heard many great calls, yes. It was very impressive. Very, um, very clear. Yeah, strong voice. Good work. Uh, Roscoe's sort of looking behind at um, Cornelia at this point with a... Revealing a slightly worried look on his face, <laughs> going like, uh, uh, "It actually worked." <laughs> um, yeah, wh keep what do we do? Keep, what keep do we going, do now? Keep going, keep going. You're doing great. Keep going. Uh, spirit, uh, we call upon you. Deliver us the prophecy that has since been lost in the ages of the Diabolist who ravaged these lands and laid waste oh. to the folk. Oh, no, did, don't interrupt me. I was doing quite well there. Oh, sorry, go on, go on, as you were. Ravage these lands, uh, and... Um, oh, now I've lost my train of thought. Uh, that's, go on, what is it? What do you want? Right, so the Diablis did that lately, did he? All the ravaging and what have you. 
I mean, it was a it was a while ago now, but um, I mean, it's not ancient history. All right, that's that's what I needed to know. Yes, of course, noble summoner, noble summoner, and also other summoner is that? Yes, we command you to speak. Very, very good, very good. Yeah, all right. Uh, well, I'll speak. I'll speak. And which speech is it you re- you desire? What's what secrets of the world beyond and the world beneath and the world above is it that you wish to have knowledge of? Tell us, spirit. Um, are you able to lend us a little of your of your power? What magics do you wield in the realm that you come from? Oh, I meant. I wield many and great magics, yes. I'm extremely famous for it across all the realms. But that is not my place. Oh, and, and what is your name? No spirit willingly gives its name. You know that. You may oh, call I me... See. You may call me the voice of truth, for that is what I bring you. Very well, voice then of truth. speak truth, spirit. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, no, that's okay. I thought you did fantastic. Oh, yeah. Speak truth. Very well. Ask me a question, and I will answer you with absolute truth, irresistible and unknowable. How do we know you speak the truth? Well, why don't you test me with something that you couldn't otherwise know? Right. What colour are my eyes? Your eyes are brown. I can see them. Hmm. What's the square root of 136? I don't know. That's probably somewhere between 11 and 12, isn't it? I'm not really uh, a maths fella. I do speak the truth. I just speak it to a decimal place when it comes to complex numbers. Um, What can you tell us of the past, the present and the future? The past is burned now. Your kingdoms are gone. I mean, I told you that a moment ago, so that's not exactly blowing me away, but... <laughs> All right. <laughs> what, well, smart then. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what you want to know. The kingdoms of your past are gone and will never return, but some of your cities will. Your world will rebuild. This is not the end of everything. And the future is both prosperous and dangerous. Hmm. Interesting. Thank you, Spirit. Now, let me tell you this. For this, you will need to know. Your world will rise, but it will always be in danger of fall. And you will need guidance, right? And that's really what the voice of truth is all for. Now, I come to this place because I needed the power to bring the truth. And I think you are that power. For are you not Ro? Roscoe the Magnificent? Yeah, that's right. That's me. God, you really do ah. know everything. Ro the, Roscoe the Magnificent. Roscoe, yes, of course. Yeah. And this must be Cornelia Graves. I am she. I thought you must be the ones who I needed to find. For the prophecy was lost, was it not? Um, yes, yes, quite. The um, the prophecy that existed before has has gone. Somewhere out there is a prophecy, a guide. What can you tell us of the prophecy, Spirit? Can you lead us to it? Well, 
Can you whisper its secrets into our ears? Better than that. Don't ask it, command it. Oh, I, I command you to do something better than that. All right. Well, how about I just gives you it in a book? And he, like, produces this grey tone and says, I believe this will contain all that you need to know. Well, thank you, Spirit. Right, how do and we know This is something that it's not cursed? Oh. All that we need to oh, know yeah, is unspecific and could be, a, you know, a genie's bargain. Allow me to show the truth of it. Safely. Still in our circle. I remain in your circle. And I ain't going nowhere else. For this is the purpose of truth. To share knowledge. So here's what I shall tell you. I will place the book down here. On this tree stump. Leave it there. And tomorrow morning. Three birds will land upon it. Three crows. And then those crows will fly away. And a single magpie will land on it. If what I describe happens, then you will know it is the true prophecy. You will know. And to unlock its secrets, all you will have to do is upon this frontispiece. He like opens it up and there's this kind of open page. You will write your own authentication so that others may know. You will say, Roscoe the Magnificent and Cornelia Graves saw three crows and then one magpie upon this book, exactly as the voice of truth foretold. Hmm. Let's, um, let me and uh, Cornelia deliberate over this for a moment. Uh, just stop, I mean, you're, you're in the binding circle, but uh, we'll be back with you in a second. Cornelia, um, yeah. do you have, like, any incantations there to, like, Bind this spirit here. We could stick it in a bottle. Make loads of money. Um. How do you bind it to, like, an item? Imagine the power that we'd have. Uh, I... I don't think we could, could do that now. Well, he, he's in... He's in the circle. We summoned him. Like, we're commanding him to do stuff. He can't it's, be much of a leap, can it? Just bind like him to some... He's around the clearing, like... <laughs> Tapping his fingers on his, uh, on his robe. He's right there. This is like a this is like a super powerful spirit. Speaks only truth. We could probably um, we could probably use it to force people to tell us the truth. Well, yes, but it would it would need you know that's not the, what the circle's designed for. No, but have you got anything else in your books? Now that we've got something, we should trap it here. Uh, Otherwise, what if he's just leaving us a cursed thing? We need it as, need it as guarantee. Um, it would. If you think it's a bad idea, then we won't do it. We'll just make a deal instead, shall we? I, th I think this is the deal. This is. He's giving us this book. Well, right, if you think that's safest, we'll do that. Uh, yeah, let's let's go for that. Okay, yeah, fine. Okay, spirits, uh, we've considered your offer, uh, and we will we'll do that. If you set that book down, then uh, we will chart whether these occurrences come to pass. Sure you will. And what is included in the book? Is this the prophecy? Is this the C Codex itself? Oh, the Grey Book? No, this is a far more useful prophecy than that. 
Oh, interesting. See, the C Codex, that's that's all about a whole lot of things that aren't so important. This is more immediate, more close to the truth that you need in your life. And although it guides the future, and its guidance for the future will save the world, of course. So you will be instrumental in protecting the world. That is, the, your own payment will be to save the world for those who live beyond and in the future. And everyone will know our names? Everyone will know your names. Everybody who sees this book will see your names there in the frontispiece, your proof that the voice of truth spoke to you. Very well. Set it down and we will we will check the veracity of your claims come the morning. It shall be all as I said. I have no doubt at all. Farewell, great mage, wise scholar. I must return to the realm of spirit. And he kind of looks round. He's like, I, I really must return. I don't suppose you fancy undoing this thing so I can return. Look back at uh, Cornelia. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, you, you say you don't need to hang around for this uh, these birds yeah. to appear? No, in fact, probably if I did, you'd think I made it happen. Whereas if I'm not here, then it's the truth of the world. Okay. Right. Uh, okay. Are you are you, are you finished now, Roscoe? Or okay. yeah, no. Well, uh, yeah. Should we, yeah. Should we uh, is banish that, yeah. this spirit somewhere? Should, yeah. Is that enough? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All yeah. Right. No, no, that's good. Okay. Um, okay. Spirit, be gone. Uh, Cornelia <laughs> like lights some it's sage. Like, he like shimmers out. I throw some more dirt in his face. Yeah. He like coughs <laughs> at the sage smoke and then vanishes. <laughs> ah, we did it. Oh, yeah, hey. All right, let's watch this. Do we see a book? I think this might spell a turning point in our fortunes. <laughs> okay, this is all good news. Oh, I really wanted to turn uh, Aquarius Horn into a little trapped genie in a bottle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that would be extremely annoying for him. <laughs> like, on the whole, I generally think that the kind of people that want to consort with, consort with spirits are probably a lot more dangerous than, than spirits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of the round, the lens gets to make a new, another thing. Another event. Either a event or scene. Are we missing anything in particular? I don't think so. And we, we've seen a lot of, we've seen yeah. a lot of wild moments from history. We've covered quite a lot in these episodes. Well, maybe the Mad Prophet in the um, in the tower. That was one I mentioned earlier. That might be amusing. Yeah, Jabmar the Prophet being uh, questioned in this tower. I think, yeah, I think the, the scene would be probably yourself playing Hector, Ben, and the Prophet, or basically Percy and Adam speaking through the Prophet. <laughs> oh, yeah, we basically want him to kind of tip... The balance in favour of, well, against the chaos, uh, the Canavir Fae, right? Yeah. We kind of need him, really, to come up to Arashar. Okay, cool. So we have Hector and we have Jadmire the Prophet. Yeah, and so 
we're in this room in this town. It's quite well appointed. It's quite comfortable. Jamma didn't really mind moving here, but she has brought a lot of little small porcelain animals, mismatched ones. And there's like loads of shelves of them and decorative plates and odd little stuff that might be in your grand's house. <laughs> there's definitely a grand vibe to the decor. Hector saying, Jadmar, you've had time to study now. You've spent a lot of time around these books. What is it that I must do? What is your clearest picture? Your prophet's word. The Alabaster Kingdom shall lose its gates. The sarcophagus of leather shall be swarmed by ants. <laughs> Hector's like... I'm not familiar with either of those places. Any Anything else? The Tower of Toucans shall... <laughs> Toucans. Fine. It's that kind of day, is it? Hector, 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 listen to me. Hector, listen to me. What? Within the mountain, within the mountain, you have a great, great power, tethered, uh, that is supplying you all that you need to be the shield. The time is nearly upon you to be that shield. When the second of the dragons have, uh, has awoken, when the, the second of the great drakes has fallen, the time to move north will be upon you. This is, is when time. you must move, but do not move by yourself. Move as a shield. Take the whole of you. Take Ulumbria from the mountain. Ride her power all the way to the north and find the sword of Kalanoia, that which you have been seeking. Uh, for so long, for all of this time, they're the key to unleashing the whole of the power of ice, of the power of your shield. Huh. You must unite them. You must unite Alumbriar. You must unite Kalanoia. Tether her to the sword. Use that as the means of control. Uh, use that to face the threat of fire. This is what you must do. This is what you must do, Hector. All these years, I have been reaching... And finally, it falls into my grasp. Yes, Prophet, yes, you have delivered. You have delivered, have you not? It shall be done. We shall prepare for the greatest exodus north that has ever been known. You are the means, Hector. You will unite Ulumbriar with Kalanoia, and through that union uh, will the fire be destroyed. You need not wield Kalanoia uh, yourself as long as you ensure that this bond has been made. Go now, this is your place in the world, this is your destiny. It is my destiny. It is my destiny. I knew it was. Then we were turned back and... But it is my destiny. We shall move. We shall all move. I think with that, um, Jadmir probably goes back to dribbling about ants again. <laughs> She's like... The surf bros shall be covered in lotion, but it shall not save them. <laughs> covered in
Empire? Is that Empire Tash? Yeah, it's Empire yeah. this weekend. What's so... the deal with the Tash? <laughs> Basically, um, I've got my, like, I've got my beard. Oh, because you're and... a, like a wizard, wizard, aren't you? Or something? Yeah. So with that, the Tash is kind of pretty much fits. And I have a stick-on tash, which is a bit better because it's like really long down the sides. So it merges in perfectly with the beard and it's the same colour. But it never stays stuck on uh -huh. because your top lip moves quite a lot. And also because like the worst thing for glue is normally steam. And so any time I drink a cup of tea or anything like that, there's a high chance of my moustache falling into it. And the moustache is made of human hair, so it's like some old guy's hair falling into my tea. And I'm not a fan. I just don't like it. <laughs> so I thought, maybe if I just do some DIY kit making and grow my own tash, then, um, well, we'll see. Maybe it'll uh, maybe it'll be good enough, and it definitely won't fall in my tea. Yes. So, uh, I'm just trying to think if we should describe it to our listeners what Ben looks like, but uh, we'll leave it. Laughable, <laughs> a sad little man. <laughs> I, actually, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I do think. Uh, God, what's his name? I look like the scout leader from Ghosts, only tall. <laughs> that's like a little recurve bow but it's like a horse bow as well so we can do horseback archery with it and the horses use bows uh, <laughs> they've they got don't... like either too many hands or not enough depending on yeah, what yeah they, they, they have quite a lot of they, they have like 14 plus hands but mm. none <laughs> of them are good for holding a bow <laughs> more horse puns <laughs> I, now that I can provide. You can play Hector's horse. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have a talking horse? Hector's horse. Oh. Hector's horse, who he no. inexplicably has in when he's doing research. <laughs> Pete just does grazing noises for five minutes. <laughs> it's classic. Um, this is not how I envisioned this going. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, yeah, so I, I think, and I think that <laughs> the fuck, Gwen? <laughs> <laughs> what am I looking at? We interrupt this broadcast to watch a Batman versus the Joker surf competition. A classic. That's how it looks in my mind. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, the original... <laughs> The original, uh, the original Batman as well. None of this modern <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> classic, uh, classic Adam West era Batman. Okay, so yeah. Question. Tell me what you think about me. Every single time <laughs> I say the word question, that is literally where my brain goes every time. It's, I run it because it's, it's not a question. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a demand. It, I think I think about that song a lot. It comes up a lot at work because people yeah. will say a uh, question, and then everyone 
start singing <laughs> Destiny's Child. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, how's your workplace implemented a jelly readiness program? <laughs> <laughs> it's on the risk assessment, yes. Yeah. Along with milkshakes yeah. we are, and in fact... yards. <laughs> we are, in fact, ready for this jelly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... <clears throat> I think you should use this one. Uh... <laughs> Unpronounceable in your tongue. <laughs> or in any tongue. There is no... I'm not going to lie. My West Country accent and my Irish accent are way too close together and I keep going into the wrong one, which makes it more ambiforax than I intend. <laughs> um, so it's like... Tell us more of this ambiforax, <laughs> truth speaker. <laughs> oh, don't say that name. 